You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Next Trek podcast. Every week, we're going to break down the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery and give our thoughts on the final frontier. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. And we are back to discuss the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery. It is uh, season two, episode six, A Sound of Thunder. Did I get that uh, yep. correct? You did. Um, so let me give you a quick synopsis and really, really fast. Just if you're listening to this episode, I wanted to remind you, we've changed up our format just a little bit. And by little bit, I mean a lot. Um, for the first season and most of this season, we kind of did like a deep dive into a point by point synopsis of the episode. And we decided that was a little bit, it just handcuffed us too much. We wanted to have a discussion about what we really found interesting in the episode. And um, we felt like we just were rushed because we wanted to get through the entire episode beat per beat. And what we're going to do and continue to do, and if you know you like it or you don't like it, let us know on our social medias. Um, but what we want to do is just have a conversation. And we'll discuss what we thought were our favorite parts, what we thought were most important about this episode, and hopefully cover uh, mostly what, um, and we'll cover most of what happened on the episode in that in that discussion. So, are you guys ready to to dive in? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Bring it. So here's just that's right. So here's a quick summary of the episode. When a new signal appears over Saru's home planet, Burnham, Saru, and the crew embark on a perilous mission that puts Saru in danger and, ri- and raises questions about the Red Angel's intentions. Hugh struggles to come to terms with his new reality. And that's all he does. And that's everything he d- Yeah, that is true. He's in it for, I think, maybe a minute um, yeah. uh, this episode. Forgetting basically a third, well, not a third, a quarter of the, of the summary, he's in like a whole two minutes of the, of the episode. So let's start here, guys. What did you think were the most important kind of moments in this episode? Kate, why don't we start with you? What, what did you find most interesting here? Hmm. I have to pick one thing. Sure. No, 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 no <laughs> not one thing. You can uh, list some things. We'll get to them. But let's start with, you know, let's start with a couple at least. Okay. Well, we have a huge discussion going on here about the meaning of General Order One and mm. um, getting involved in other cultures and General Order One in the history of Star Trek, what happens in the future, what this might be building to. There's a lot going on in this topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and an not for the first time this season, too. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a bit. Yeah, it seems there's to be is- a, a, a theme that's that's going to be perhaps season long. There's an interesting line here, and I believe uh, Captain Pike used it before. But like you know, we can bend uh, the the general order one. It seems like that is just it's a very pliable, yeah, um, more of a kind of like a, a best practice more than it is actually a. A rule. So right? rather than the kind of prime directive, it's more of the general suggestion. Right. It's, it's there kind you of go. Like, it's kind of like Google's do no evil. Yeah. What does that mean? Right. Right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It, mm, yeah, that's fine. So we'll, you, we'll you found that to be kind of the most, I mean, was that kind of a, I, mean, I, I noticed that briefly in mm-hmm. this episode, but I, did, did you think it really... It really kind of was like an overarching theme here. Like, do you think 
So I mean, that what, was, what do you think about it? That was my first big one. My second one um, has to do with uh, transformation, which is, I think, why yeah. we get the Culber. Mm-hmm. Let's call it the C plot, C for Culber, and also because it's not as big as a B plot. Yeah. Um, But transformation, what that means, uh, how that changes a species, an individual, like that, I think, is is another really core uh, thematic aspect of this episode and uh, certainly what I want to discuss with you guys. That was what the biggest thing that I picked out, too, is we have some major transformation on, on a whole bunch of different levels. So I think, yeah, that'll be a good thing to dive into. Yeah, well, let's let's do that. Let's dive a little bit into that because I think that's an interesting uh, an interesting topic. So um, obviously, there's a lot to discuss, but let's let's talk about this for a few minutes. So transformation, obviously, Saru is the most obvious uh, in this episode. Anyway, we learned that you know his uh, threat ganglia have gone from being you know just nice little tendrils that come out every once in a while to now he's got some knives Ooh, wait, happening. I, it's they were the threat ganglia and now they're the threatening ganglia get it because they because they threaten no. later on okay stop it's, wow. uh, guys, it's, no. guys <laughs> no. it's really good um, i was so proud of that i underlined it in my notes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can tell that you're proud of it, and I'm, I'm glad that you're proud of it. It's okay to be proud of it. Good it's job, just... Tyler. You get a twin eye roll out of I that. Will be, yeah. I will be remembered for this. It's nice, fun. nice. So what did, you, what did you guys think of that? Let's, just, let's discuss the fact that he now has weapons in his head. How, how, do, we, how do we feel I like, like that, that we... with... I like that we don't know what they are at first. Uh, I like that she, um, the Doctor Pollard, is um, is scanning him, and you know he's the only Kelpian, so it's not like there's a lot of of Kelpian anatomy being studied in in Starfleet. And she says, so there's these weird. I think she even she's spice she, growing in spice. Like teeth. Yeah, like teeth. That's what she says, like teeth. And she she turns to him and she goes, "Does that sound familiar to you?" And he's like, "No, I've never heard of this before." Um, he's also not a doctor of his own biology, so um, so. <laughs> So I liked that there was a question raised at the beginning and that it was <clears throat> Well, sorry, just choked on my own spit. That was good. <laughs> Don't leave that in. Take that out. Uh, <laughs> um I I like that we have the we have the question that's brought up at the beginning, but then it comes in at the end, um, and kind of saves the day. So I think that was really good. Um I like that that it that intersects with Colbert. That was at least it, it tied in thematically to having Colbert back in the episode. Because um, Saru, he he hangs a lampshade on it. He says, you know, we uh, Culber says I don't feel like myself, and and Saru says I find myself in a very similar position. What is a Kelpian without fear? Um, mm. and, and he's trying to figure out who he is now um, without this this built in fear response. So I I like the transformation theme that's being brought in. Mm-hmm. The two uh, the Culber Saru intersection also matters because you know what is change? Is it just biology? Yeah. Because um, biologically, Culber is the same person, and yet he doesn't feel like the same person. And he's Saru's, also pristine now. He's he's different. Right. right. Saru's biology is definitely changing. Um, beliefs, your beliefs about who you are, what your species means, you know, all of that um, directly comes out of Saru's transformation. There's also lots of more subtle bits of fun in the episode. I love the moment early in the episode when Pike comes on the bridge and Saru doesn't give up the command chair. Yes. Um, yes. A great moment. And we have that throughout the entire episode in small things and big things. And big um, things, yeah. Where he, it's not just about uh, the, the 
how his species has been duped and has been uh, a prey species. It's down to the little details of how he acts as an officer, how he interacts with his superior and with uh, his peers. It's it's a thorough transformation that's ongoing. Yeah, no, th- those are interesting themes, definitely, that they are, are tackling. Um, and even, like, plot-wise, it's so interesting to see him go from the more timid, maybe cautious yeah. Saru to willing very to, to vocally, um, you know, give his displeasure over a choice that the captain has made. Well, they go um, they're chest to chest at one yes. point. I mean, they, and 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 then he basically, you know, he pulls a Michael Burnham and he all but commits mutiny. You know, um, I mean, he's he's leaves the he leaves the ship. He doesn't try to rally everybody around him, but he he's just like, nope, forget this when he and Michael were in the same exact position at the very beginning of the series. So I loved it. I, th- I thought, and, and even just everybody around his, him um, reacts to it. Everybody stands up out of their chairs and is like, are we, do we need to break up a fight between Saru and, and Pike? Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's getting, it's shocking. It really is. That, that was my favorite scene of the, of the episode. Um, honestly, there's a lot of this episode that, that, uh, that honestly, I found I found rather disappointing. Um, but it, but I loved that scene. I really loved. It. I thought it was well done and good for Saru's character. So, what do you think about Warrior Saru then, when they are uh, on in the Baul structure and uh, he breaks free of his restraints and attacks the drones and frees Serana? And did you not like Warrior Saru? It was fine. I, and I honestly, I can't, I cannot, maybe it's, maybe it's cause I didn't get a second watch or something like that, but I can't say it, I, I wasn't, I didn't think it was stupid or anything. I didn't hate it a, a, at all, but it was like, oh, okay. And, and maybe I just, I don't know, maybe I saw it coming or, or, or whatever. I don't know. But, um, I thought it was good. I actually thought, I thought it almost came out of nowhere that it was just all of a sudden he has this crazy wild strength that he's able to pull off the pull the stuff off of the walls and, and all this other stuff but maybe maybe that's just part of the transformation that it that it kind of shoots forward pretty quick as he's confronted with this danger because um, we haven't seen him confronted with the danger since his uh, since his threat Inglia fell off before but um, so yeah maybe it's just that but I I don't maybe it was maybe it's because it's more in your face I liked the nuanced bits of him realizing he's a little bit different and then suddenly we're shoved into battle Saru rather than um, you know slightly less timid Saru I, I don't know maybe it just went too fast for me but Serana was being threatened in that moment yeah. like she was getting pinned to the wall so like he was given that <clears throat> right. cue as a motivation to go from hmm okay problem to I will beat your face in true true <laughs> and, and yeah and, and maybe and, and again that's I can't really put my finger on what I was underwhelmed with by it it was I don't think there's even anything wrong yeah, as you describe it I, I, I agree with it I just Maybe it just was too quick. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem. I can't really think of why. It's interesting you you just brought up, and I meant to do this at the very beginning uh, of the episode, and, and definitely because we've switched the format, I'm just kind of uh, discombobulated. But um, you were talking about your overall thoughts yeah. of the episode, and we didn't really do that. But one of the things that I have to say generally about this episode was that it did not feel like a traditional Star Trek no, episode. Not at all. Uh, for the yeah, for for maybe the last, that's it. Maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for the for for the first several episodes of this season, it has felt like we've gotten back to a Trekian uh, style yeah. of of storytelling. Um, this was not that at all. In fact, what I wrote 
in in my uh, in my notes was that this felt very Star Wars fantasy to me. Yeah. Um, because we've got a very evil, uh, visually evil, auditory evil uh, alien species that is definitely the bad guys. Yes. Um, almost comically so. so. It felt mm-hmm. like a... Um, uh, Oh, who's who's the director? Hellboy two oh, and Guillermo. Hellboy and Guillermo del Toro yeah, it uh, monster it's a that very comes out jerky, of the creepy, spindly monster. I was seriously yeah. hoping, and again, maybe this is why I was disappointed. Seriously hoping that we had. Um, you remember the creature Armis that kills Tasha Yar, the tar creature? Yes, yes. I was like, no way! This is like Armis's species somehow. Like we're getting some weird tie-in. No, it's just an inexplicably slimy, spindly creature. Looked cool. I, I don't want to discount the coolness yeah, it of what it looked like. Than the Tasha Yar. <laughs> right. Oh, no one doubt. I, no one doubt. I thought it's a visual reboot of that, but we, this is. I mean, the only other slimy tar creature we've seen and then yeah. it wasn't and i thought oh, well i mean maybe they maybe he is and in my head canon i can just let it be that but it was your very... head canon did you just say your head canon that's a thing that... you guys that's not a weird thing you kate's heard of it before i, I have no, yes yeah it's in like it's it how you justify thing things fandom. it's it's how you okay. justify your things in your your, right. your fandom if you well, are a fan of, of like the recent two Star Wars movies, you have to have a headcanon to make some of them fit. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. All right, look. So here, here's, my, here's my point. Even though it felt that way, I was actually very surprised uh, at how much I kind of enjoyed this. Because it felt very, um, we're going to, you need to leave your brain at the door for this episode. See, there are several, I don't want that for my Star Trek. There's, I understand that, but it was still an adventure. It was, it was a fantasy adventure that kind of, um, was more about feelings than it was yeah. about facts. Um, cause here, here's one moment that like really bugged me and bothered me in my, as you call it, your, your head cannon, um, <laughs> or just like the way that the world has been built up, uh, for, for so long in the world of Star Trek, but you'd mentioned it earlier here. Um, you know, there's a moment when Saru decides he's going to abandon the crew and yeah. beam down, um, and, and, you know, whatever, talk to the Ba'ul and, and figure things out and give himself up so that they don't, they don't hurt any of his, any of his people. But we have to, the, in my entire time in my head, I was thinking the shields are up though. How is he, <laughs> they're in red alert. The shields are up. How is he transporting? That doesn't work, but it worked thematically. The story it did worked. work. And so that's kind of, that, well, that's kind of what I might, my point, this, this, yeah. this entire episode that felt like a microcosm of how this episode felt yeah. where it's like, we're going to ignore the thing to tell a better story. I, I would have loved at that, at that point then. I, and I can't believe I didn't notice it either. Cause the whole room is bathed in red. I am surprised that that was not the first thing you said. Cause as soon as I watched, it's like, Oh man, Tyler is going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was because I was I was caught up in that moment again. That whole sequence, I yeah. really loved that that beginning, and maybe it's because I liked that so much that the end. I don't know for whatever reason didn't pay off, but that whole sequence is bathed in red. I mean, the ship is under red alert. I don't I, now I can see it. You know, I don't know why I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're right. I, oh yeah, no, it, she, he even says shields up, red yeah. alert. Oh, 100 percent. Because because that's right after isn't like all of the different what's it called the the. Pylons, yeah. I think they call them. They all they all show up and basically swarm the ship. Um, I I think well, and it's 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 so even just building on that in the emotional the emotional 
I felt that that was weirdly almost the emotional climax of the episode was right there. And uh, Saru is so clearly emotionally compromised. From 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 the first moment of uh, of him getting like uh, I think you pointed out, Chris, he doesn't give up his the captain's chair automatically. And that was Kate. That was oh, Kate. it was Kate. He um he doesn't he doesn't respond properly to anything, and then everybody's kind of just like, all right, well, let's that's fine. Like let's just let Saru you know do his thing, and it's okay. And then and then he like runs and and tries to to beam off the ship. I just think I I which I I loved. I loved that because they're so taken aback by, mm-hmm. by, un- unstable Saru. He is so stable, um, and, yeah. until he isn't, you know. And and Burnham's the one that that flies off the handle and goes in and you know pulls a phaser on the captain and and leaves. But um, do you mind if I give you one of my framework for this episode? Please. I feel like this is Saru's episode. Saru is the most empathic of the characters yeah. that we talked about. He's very emotionally uh, deep and wide and resonant. And so I feel like this episode put us kind of in Saru's head rather than standard Star Trek head, which tends mm. to be more cerebral. And right. so it's not explaining things because this isn't an intellectual journey. This is his emotional journey. Um, mm-hmm. Pike does comment about his behavioral changes, which is sort of his recognition that, dude, I know you're going through stuff right yeah. now, so you're you're behaving inappropriately. But I'm trying to recognize that that things are weird well, for and you, and that he's going to bench him. I mean, it's Burnham is going to take the lead, and then right. she freaks out. Right, and so I saw this episode as a story through Saru's eyes, which means to me that was why it felt so different than standard Star Trek, and why yeah. within that. Uh, framing it made sense for me and I didn't have trouble with some of the things that that were stumping uh, tripping you up uh, Tyler because the perspective of the story is what I was feeling yeah I also found something very interesting there um, as us in the audience you're talking about perception the audience has right because through storytelling you always have to be aware that there's an audience right there right. were you know and um, you know you don't really have too much of a connection with Serana. Is that her name? Yeah. 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 Um, except, you know, you watch the short Trek, you know, he has a sister, he's talked about it all, but there's not really, you know, we haven't spent hours with her, um, but we've spent a lot of time with Spock. And my favorite, my, I think my favorite moment here is when Burnham confronts him in the turbo, in the turbo, not turbo lift, <laughs> uh, in the transporter room. Yeah. And, um, and has a phaser on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he asks her, wouldn't oh, you do the same for I your know. brother? Yeah, and and you you suddenly realize like, oh yeah, if this move, if this exact same setup was happening, but it was Spock, right? And, you know what I mean? Like right. nobody would have a problem with right. it, and that's kind of messed up. Yep. Yeah, um, because it's, it's almost it's, like it's, she's the main character, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah, well pointed out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that moment. It kind of gave me goosebumps because I was like, oh man, I'm being so. Frack of a word, prejudiced because yeah. because I just I know that character. I know Spock better than I know yep. Serana, but for Saru, that's just as important. Yeah. That's just as critical. So that for me was like the be- one of the best, like just as me as an audience member realizing, like, oh yeah, guys. Right. Thank you for framing <laughs> that in a character moment. Mm-hmm. And also for us as an audience to be like, what lives 
you know, actually are important. And uh, like, yeah. oh, perhaps, you know, it's bigger than... Anyway, I just, I really enjoyed that moment. Well, I thought I, it was great. I, I agree. And, and I like I like how that ties into the, to the season as a whole, where yeah. Burnham has been getting this... She's been growing toward this, you know, like she's distant. Hey, you know, I, I, I pushed Spock away. We can't have a relationship. It's been years since we've even talked to, uh, was it last episode or two episodes ago? Um, I need to go find him. And then now it's, oh, I would fight for him if I needed to. So I, I do mm-hmm. like that in the middle of this stinking interminable search for Spock that we need what's uh, what's a longer thing than a search like uh, we're on a we're on a expedition an expedition a. for spock we're on a <laughs> yeah the the fellowship of the spock i don't know like it's driving me <laughs> insane that doesn't that doesn't and, work <laughs> wow, uh, no. but like it's 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 been so long and it's only it, weirdly we're complaining it's only been six episodes like as though it's been a year and a half looking for spock but like spock was teased so hard and like all these details about who's going to be Spock and all this other stuff. Um, but at the very least, I do like that they have been emotionally building to it for Burnham, for Michael. It at least yeah. justifies why it's spent, why it's taken six episodes to get to it. Um, and again, if the previews, which have lied to us before, are to be believed, um, <laughs> we see Spock in the next episode. But um, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to happen. They they. They haven't done what they did in the next time on, so I think right. we haven't seen Spock on a next time on, have we? Just, just on the just season, the first long episode, one. and they did like coming in season two. Okay, we saw like a trailer for the for the season. Yeah, that was the only time. Yeah, no. Anyway, I I let, let's talk. Is there any more before we get to um, any of the other storylines, other plots? Does anybody do you have anything else to say about uh, the um, Saru? Uh, plot here that we we've learned. I mean, to, to sum up, let's see here. I mean, the basics are that Saru's biology has changed from the um, uh, the prey to the predator. That's an that was an um, interesting twist. I did like that, and again, more transformation. Right. Yeah. That his entire planet was once um, about to evolve. The Kelpians are about to evolve into this prey species, and yeah. the Ba'ul were about to be wiped out. When suddenly they were able to, I guess, change something and um, were able to get the great balance, quote unquote, in place. And then and that they're keeping everything. them down, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting question. Are they are they I think they are stifling evolution. Yeah. You know what I mean, like because or- ev- the moment that they go through the oh, I keep forgetting the the, the, the Harai Haria Haria. I forget what that's called now. Uh Hold on, let me look. Faharai or Farai, something like that. Um, it's eugenics is what they're doing, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. The, mo- the moment they go through that death ritual that Whoa. Saru thinks is going to kill him, um, they transport them up and kill them before they can transform into something stronger, is what Kate, it seems hang on a second. to me. G- give me a definition of eugenics real quick, just so I understand what you mean there. Because normally that means something that, that – that's normally associated with something that is, like, false, like, actually does not – exist right well eugenics is selective breeding to create an outcome that's controlled and so like you know if you selectively breed to make all children have you know uh, brown hair and brown eyes or or, or whatever so in this case they are shaping the evolution of a species to prevent an outcome they don't want they are they are breeding them to remain weak um got it and non-dangerous so yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and and I don't even know if they're breeding them that way. They're literally just killing them before they're just before they're just they killing them before they can. Tra- so they, right. if they were to be left alone, um, so that was an interesting moment to see them use. And we talked about this. I can't remember. Maybe two episodes ago, three episodes ago, uh, the great meatball database uh, that they found. <laughs> yeah, um, space Which, hey, database. It came back. We were concerned that That's it would just be a thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 no, no. The the cyborg and Tilly have been pouring over the database and found all this information, so they were able to kind of do a little bit better of an understanding of this moment. So I'm guessing that's going to continue to be a thing. Uh, I, I we don't understand. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's 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 kind of cool. Um, the ending of it, uh, the ending of this episode, is basically them. Um, fast-forwarding evolution for everyone on the planet. That How do was, we feel about that moment? That was, that was a big where I was, decision. Yeah, yes. And, and I was unclear, and maybe it's just something I missed. I was unclear on the method of that because he said he could accelerate it, right? But was it yes. some signal they were they were shooting out? I, I yeah. just missed it. So they took the signal the sphere put out that triggered Saru's transformation. Oh, and, this, that's what it was. Right, mm, yep. In correct. some way, I guess, I don't know, tight beams that or whatever. Yeah, uh, to make it go and that—that's more of the kind of fantasy space yeah, magic just thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Just yeah. 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 Right, that, that, that was a big. And then, of course, so what happens is, is like, I guess it was like maybe seventy percent, they say, or eighty percent of all Kelpians lost their threat ganglia mm-hmm. and are now the Which, more evolved. Okay. Version. This is where I had my problem for the episode. Um, okay. At least this is so. This is my shields up problem with the episode. So we. Um, <laughs> We, we have never, and this is just always my problem with stinking prequels in Star Trek, is we've yeah. never seen the Kelpians before. We've now made sure that they have the ability to be technologically advanced. Um, they have evolved into a stronger, well, more... Pe- well, because te- theoretically, they're going to they're gonna now, you know, figure out what's going on with the Bahul and, and take their stuff, or at least... At least uh, Align like with them. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. they're going to. They're going to find a way to work together. And uh, they're Although, also still that the, does not make a whole lot of sense. Like, yeah. Anyway, I mean, go ahead. Ne- well, continue. no, and we've never seen them before, and we and and we've seen eighty years in the in the future with them. We will never see them again unless unless Picard's show is smart enough to just drop a couple Kelpians in the background. Like it, at the very least, I'm like, okay, I can my head cannon. Because it's a thing, um, I can fill in some blanks, right? And we have okay. There's a Kelpian in Starfleet later but on. I'm down. You're you know? assuming but, a lot about their future, though, because for all we know, the Red Angel wipes them out at some point, or like there's the there's Red a Angel lot of just time. saved them. The, yeah. yeah, but but hang hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on. Do do we? <sighs> which we got to get to the Red Angel in a second. Do <sighs> we? Do we? We we don't have a record. Like, there's never been, like, a canon, like, here are all the species the Federation has ever... It's um, memory Alpha, then. It's right here. No, no, no. But I mean, like, in, in, the, in, the, in the television show or movies, oh. they never say, we have only encountered 30 species No, and, it, while watching the television series. And this is outside of Federation space. I know. So they may have n- never decided to join Starfleet. So that's why I've never seen them on a star sh- Starfleet ship. Yeah, and nobody, n- none of the series have ever ventured out there. It's not to say that they don't exist. I I know, but it's, it's that whole prequel thing of it's the it's the same with the Doctor Flocks thing in Enterprise. The universe like, is so big, though, bro. I know, Come but on, Doctor Flocks, the the the, the are a founding meta, uh, member of the Federation, and we've never ever seen them before or after after that in the next. All right, two but, but we I, tend to follow not, one ship at a time most of the time. I so how know. much are we gonna? 
cram onto one ship, or is it the whole freaking But we have United seen, Nations? with the and Enterprise, also, this we is have not... seen the galaxy. Okay, well, hang on. <laughs> but, but now you're bringing in something else. I'm talking about this instance <laughs> with these two aliens. Oh, I know. It is That's... not completely, like, insane to right. think we, in, in the few episodes or hours of television that we have in all of Star Trek. The 700 hours of Star Trek that we have, we've never seen these again. Right. I mean, that, 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 that's not crazy to think, though. In such a huge universe, they say there's hundreds of thousands of species. In this episode, they say there are hundreds yeah. of thousands of species. It's not insane to think we've only seen 5% of them. But, but we also, see... the Starfleet uniform, not going to work on the bowl very well. A little bit messy. It's super... <laughs> We're going to need you to take a shower before you wear one of our uniforms, please. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So was that your only nitpick is that we haven't that, seen the Kelpians? It's, it's the, the bow, same. Or? No, it's and it's just the same nitpick as anything else. It's like we've now think for me, it worked because there was a reason. Oh, they're these they're this prey species. They're a little reclusive or, or they're not able to you know get off world. It's it's a shocking thing that Saru is able to get off world. Um, like I, to- I actually totally bought that. I didn't have the problem. And now we've opened a can of worms in that. They now know we've broken General Order One. We now know of um, uh, of the outside universe. They have access to the te- to the technology, and will and Saru is like really big that they will that they will know about this outside universe, and then we will never see them again. Um, so Maybe it's the Borg eat them later. Who knows? Yes. Okay. The Borg assimilated them all. It works. Kelpian <laughs> Borg. That would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow, that got oh, real. Oh <laughs> man, you just brought you just brought the, the Borg back. Okay, can let's. I, can um, I add one or just one last observation about the end of this, which I I loved the quote from Aeschylus that they brought in. It's a quote that I have in my classroom because um, I, I teach Aeschylus actually, and uh, the quote is: "He who learns must suffer, and even in our sleep, pain cannot forget." Uh, pain that cannot forget falls drop by drop from the heart and i love that theme of the transformation that's been brought in there of of with with advancement with learning um must come suffering it's just the way that it with change with change change comes from suffering change is painful it is Mm -hmm. it always is painful always so i I love that button on the end of it with yeah uh, with that can we go back to their decision to just you know blanket change Evolve their entire species. Right. We got a discussion. Um, This was one of my General Order 1 picks, which makes me wonder if that's why in the future we have things like the Federation not getting involved when the Cardassians invade Bajor and the rest of that. Like, is the strictness of the future come from decisions like this one where there was no discussion? No. And and this is a case where it's like, this felt like a very un-Star Trek moment to me, unless they're intentionally trying to set up that the mistakes of today are why they're so strict later, because there my, wasn't a discussion. Yeah, My favorite moment will be in two seasons from now. Um, Discovery is on some normal mission, and they get a distress call from one of these Sentinel um, Ba'ul ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's adrift and just floating through space, and they hail it, and they can't see it, and they beam down, and there's, like, all of the um, Ba'ul are completely, like, destroyed and decapitated, and there's parts of them are everywhere. everywhere. And the the Yeah, and the, um, the Kelpian, there's, like, two or three Kelpians on there, and they're completely, like, feral, and they Ooh. go back to the planet, and they've killed all of the Ba'ul, like, that in would terrible be ways, like and they're, like, oil oh. stains. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and they suddenly realize, oh, oh we actually made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. actually made a mistake because the bull are right. They become yeah. these horrible, when left on their own, 
Yeah. They become these horrible things. And so they're almost um, like, uh, I don't know what you, they're almost like eunuch-like, you know, they're, they're, they're almost neutered. They're so, I don't know, there's no, there's a better word that I'm thinking of that I'm, that I'm losing here, but. You mean without uh, the threat ganglia? Is yeah, exactly. So with their, with their threat ganglia, without the threatening ganglia, they, um, they're almost, uh, docile, you know, they, they've been domesticated, um, almost. And so. You know that's yeah 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 they're, the they're ba- more peaceful the they're, yeah, yeah exactly and the moment they lose that yeah because obviously the Baul guy was very afraid right like yeah, yeah exactly very afraid of them and is that um, just like racial propaganda or is that you know is that real is it a real fear there's also the assumption that everyone on the planet is okay with this like I can right. I can see like a reactionary group popping up where they start killing their own people to avoid them having to evolve or something because this right. change just because Serana is gonna start preaching to the people doesn't mean everyone's gonna fall for her right uh, we have a monolithic this is a good thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah they didn't get to decide for themselves do they want this they just it just happened right Saru the guy who left Left, you know, made this decision for his entire people. So, yeah. Man, as we talk about this, this becomes more and more. Because in, in, <laughs> in the episode, it seems so like, oh, oh, the sun is rising, yep. the angel so came. Hopeful. This is good. Yeah, it's hopeful. But you're right. I mean, like this is a this is a it's a big decision. This is problem. It's problematic if there's if if there's no repercussions from this choice. Yeah. It right. seems almost. It, yeah, it almost seems. Um, I don't know. It's too easy. It seems, yeah, it's, it's, it seems off, so... it's flippant almost. Yeah. Right. And with yeah. Burnham being a xenoanthropologist, you would think at the very least she would have had that moment of um, guys. Yeah. Do you, do you understand Let's what think you about just this. did? Yeah. I, and, and who knows? You know, if again, if they don't talk about it for another year and we, but we bring it back sometime would be awesome. You know, I would really, I would yeah. love that. Um, yeah. yeah. And we just had the whole mycelial network upset. Yeah. Regardless of how you So similar. Yep. But like that just happened, and then yeah. we don't care again. Yeah, it's so similar. You're right. It is literally a we're going to affect an entire species. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, we think it's more convenient for the guys on our ship. Right. You know what I mean? It. This yep. makes honestly this this makes me like the episode a lot better. If if this is where they were wanting us to this go, this is with why this. I do the podcast, Tyler, is so that <laughs> you enjoy Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't enjoy it if if we weren't here doing this. Just your you, your Tom. head cannon, your head cannon's <laughs> getting in the way. Yeah, no, we're we're reinforcing the head cannon right now. Is what's happening. It's good. Yep, I like it. <laughs> okay. All right. Where else so let's we... let's let's yeah let's move away from that just real quick. Um, but it's also a piece of this, and that is the Red Angels. Yes. Um, just full on. Let let let's. You know what? Actually, we're gonna table Red Angel for just a minute. Let's talk about the rest of this episode. Then we'll get to Red Angel because I think that's going that's to filter big. into our theories about where we're headed, um, where we've been and where we're headed in this season because that's that's the through through line. Um, so let's talk just a little bit about. Um, let's see here. What are the other? Are there any other real big moments in this episode? I'm trying to think if there's anything that we need to talk about we if, before we get there. We need to talk about Ash, but that really ties into the Red Angel too. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ash is there to like basically just give his thoughts on on Red Angel. He's also in a Discovery uniform now. Yes, he is. Because well, yes. he's, he's part of the crew. Yeah. Even though he's, he's their attaché or what? Yeah. No, what's the word? Liaison. For, uh, liaison. Liaison. Um, <laughs> Oh, that is bad. Okay. Um, 
I, uh, I quit. I'm just going <laughs> to. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. Kate and I were having a moment, <laughs> this is, Tyler. This is over. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about that then. Let's talk about the Red Angel. Let's talk about this episode, how it acted, which is very different than it's acted before. Um, so I, the end of this episode. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. no, go for it. Let's, the beginning of this episode, it does exactly what it always has done, which is it shows up on sensors, Discovery gets there, and it disappears. And I love Pike's response, which is, what else is new? Right. Um, yeah, there was a great moment of like, oh, the Red Angels, the signal is gone. What else is new? Yeah. Um, and so I that, like that they, we couldn't figure it out at first either. Like, you know, pretty for the last few things, it's been very obvious. Like, okay, there's this weird colony that's been there for however many years on this other side of the galaxy. And it takes – it is not readily apparent why the Red Angel has brought them there. Well, and I'm not exactly sure it ever becomes readily a, uh, apparent why the Red Angel brought them there. Uh, I don't know. I, I do, think do it you guys was for feel? this. I think it was for this. I think it was to kickstart the evolution. Mm-hmm. Because think of the trail. Think, mm-hmm. uh, like the uh, Saru's evolution thing wouldn't have happened without the sphere, which the Red Angel – well, I guess the Red Angel didn't bring them there. The sphere sort of just hits them, doesn't it? No, 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 the red angel, the, the red burst happens. That's why they go here. That's why they, no, I mean, sorry, to the sphere in the last episode. The, it just stops them, right? Correct. I, I was going to say the red angel brought them to the sphere, but I guess it didn't. But It did not. But he, it did not. the red angel brought, they were still pursuing Spock, which which is a part of this whole thing. Um, right. The red angel brings them here. Saru has just evolved in right. order to do this. I, I think so. Well, what I found interesting, Kate, and please just, you know, butt in here whenever you can, whenever you want to but what i found interesting here was this entire episode happens and it felt like saru at the very end here says i think this is the reason why we've been brought here is to um to stop the baul from destroying all of because this is when he's talking to pike to stop the baul from destroying the rest of the kelpians yeah um but they're not able to do that they attempt to do that, and they yeah. they fail. It's the Red Angel that actually that stops, them. yeah, ever, from, the Baul from destroying all the, the Kelpians, and then just shows up right in front of Saru. Right. So, what is so important about Saru? Like, wh- why? Why? Like, it, it must be this Red Angel thing. Whoever it is has ties to the Discovery crew, right? Yeah. Yes, and, and because why else would it care about what Saru thinks? Why else would it care about what Michael thinks? Like, there it ha- there has to be some sort of like whoever this Red Angel person is or this technology is. Like, it may be a group of people. Like, it right. could be like Discovery in the future doing is coming these back to yeah time travel or something. Yeah, uh, because what we're seeing here, and so I, I just sent you guys a. a as high resolution as I could find of the yeah I'm looking at it right Angel. now and we'll post it with the uh, um, with the episode. Um, this is I mean it's a it's a we get a fairly decent shot of the Red Angel where before it was just a silhouette a kind of a creepy silhouette. This almost looks yeah. like Ant Man um, or the Wasp I guess a little bit more. It's it's uh, it's definitely it's a, suit. a suit. There's yeah. wings in the back, but they're unclear what they're doing or what they're there for because it's in space, so it doesn't need wings really. But you know, what's it? What's it there for? Is that just? Is that a portal actually behind it? That's kind of crystal-looking or mycelial even. But it's, and I have to say, it looks feminine. It does. Um, I agree. It looks feminine. Um, I mean, I, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just, but it just it it just that's what it looks yep. looks like to me. <laughs> I agree. Um, mm. 
so yeah, I and it very is. So like with Burnham, it was almost like Burnham caught a glimpse of it while it was like watching her or something like that. And um, with the with the the people that it saved in the other in the the church in the second episode, it it's again it kind of just walks in and then and then everything disappears. The Red Angel is it 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 comes in, saves everything, holds its spot in front of the window. I think it's a window, right? A viewport or something like that. Um, yeah. And it, it's there for a few seconds. We get a look at it. And Saru especially gets a very good look at it. Um, and we have a second witness now this time so that it's not just a crazy person. Yeah. And then it and then it vanishes. And then we have Saru's eyes where he can see in the ultraviolet spectrum. I didn't even think about that. You're exactly right. 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 <coughs> they made a point of dropping that in a, in a previous episode. Yes. So that set up this his ability to see the angel uh, in a deeper way, which is where he could write that report uh, for them right. about what else he saw, which I really appreciated Ash's pushing back on. Is this really a savior? What's its agenda? Um, because I think we need someone who isn't Michael because she's got a lot of very personal invested stuff. We need more voices asking what this really is. What are its intentions? Are they actually good? Do we know? Uh, is it a threat? I, I keep thinking about um, in uh, Enterprise, the the temporal war and things yeah. that went on there. We right. don't know if there's just the one angel, if there's more than one, if there's other, you know, if there's if there's one particular entity that's doing it or is this more than one that's doing mm-hmm. it and they just look the same to us. The red angels. Percent. Yeah. Right. There's a lot we don't know about that and what it means. Um, and it's, it's certainly a good point that, there, that there's probably some personal connection with the career of the discovery, because so far, thematically, who we know about that has seen it has all had some connection to either being on discovery itself or somebody who was on discovery. Because like Spock has yet to be on discovery, but we have you know the personal connection there. Except for the Marine uh, in the church. Right. Um, That's true. That's true. But it drew them there. I, you know, know. yeah, but my question, I I guess what I need to do, I'm just kind of, I'm I'm, to pieces together. I'm trying to think what discovery has learned from each encounter with, or gathered or gained from every encounter with the red angel. Cause what it feels like is happening is perhaps this red angel is playing a game of chess yeah. mm-hmm. and realizes I need to line up the pieces on yes. the board because at the end something's going to happen and it's, I need the crew to be prepared for that moment. Right, there I, is I think an it's all clear. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's all General Order One related. It's it seems to be everything is has seems to have had to do with that. It, and I, and again, I don't know why. Maybe it's these consequences we're talking about. It's you know the first one was do we tell this group of humans who we are? But that would be breaking general order one. Um, what does what it explain it? Spock though in his childhood? Well, he's just he's just crazy. Uh, sure, sure. Um, yeah. I, I know, it, and it seems Michael is centered around it. I don't know, but right. I have some I mean, concerns could it... though how we're interpreting it because we're looking at the the people for New Eden were saved. Right. Saru's people. We can say they were saved from the battle, but were they? Because, like, right at the very least, at that moment, saved. I from think them. thematically, we're supposed to assume <clears throat> right. that they're in a better place. Right. But but right. now that we've analyzed it, we may think like it's a little more horrifying than yeah. that. But I think right. we w- really at the end of this episode, you're supposed to come. To, you're. I feel like you're supposed to walk away with this thinking. Yeah, no, now they're going to be allowed to evolve right. and not be murdered. Right. <laughs> Which right. is. 
which is probably a good thing. Yeah, that's still important. Yeah, don't want to lose sight of that in this. Yes. So we also have themes of transformation and what it means to mm-hmm. interfere with the evolution of species. That's been repeated throughout this season. So that all supports that whatever the Red Angel is up to, um, yeah. it's thematically building towards some kind of transformation, whatever that is. Well, and and then even with Spock, I'm trying to I'm trying to connect because Spock does, like you said, seem to be the rogue. Especially the special rogue element, where he's the outlier in this thread. But we haven't seen him yet, yet, so we right. don't know that. I mean, it may become become so, and that's why they're right. they're stringing Spock along. The well, moment we meet Spock, we may realize he'll he'll oh. say, "This is what I figured out," and it and it oh. all. But I, and There's I wonder also though, a if possibility it's... that the Red Angel is Spock because he has time traveled to no. previous times before. So not that I'm saying it's a good idea, but the possibilities there when you well, play this... with time travel. This is uh, that's a, a it's a big fan theory right now. Right. This what, what was it? Help us out, Tyler. What is the theory precisely? Can you give us a little bit of the insight on that? that it's, the theory is that it's uh, it's. It's that it is Spock in some form. That is probably older Spock. We know that he's he's like he's already shifted between universes. Um, and there was this big thing I read, and, and I'll see if I can find it again and post it with this. Um, the big thing I read that was talking about how he had, oh, what was it? Because he had gone between the Kelvin universe and this one, um, he is uh, like he, he's he's he can. You can see, you know, the bigger picture or something weird like that. But then also, they were looking more more behind the scenes that because they they wanted to get Ethan Peck's uh, or the the approval of the Nimoy family um, for Ethan Peck, that they also probably got permission to use his license or sorry his to, uh, to use his likeness um, in some fashion. So they're gonna make it old Spock. Um, be part of this. I I don't I don't see it. I don't see Spock flying in a mechanical suit um, through the universe and trying to Please trying to sort no this CGI out. Please no CGI Leonard Nimoy. That is I okay. I won't be able to handle it. I I don't think that'll be yeah. okay. Did, what did you find, God. Chris? Guys, okay. No, so I may I may cut this out of the episode, but this is from Screen Rant, and but that's this what is I, that's actually the one I found. I think. Okay, Red Angel is Discovery's AI from the future. Oh, I just saw that. Oh, yeah. Ah, so remember in Calypso. That's exactly nope. what I was thinking. Put this, said that. put this on, put this because I've, I've been wondering how all this is going to connect to these. Okay, say it. Go, go, go. go. No, I. This is this, this, this might in. be actually Keep my this favorite. This might actually be my favorite yep. theory because this kind of makes sense. Because I just said, now I didn't read this before, but just said every, it's all come back to Discovery's crew. But it could be like Discovery after because it sits out in space for. What do they say? A thousand a years. Thousand, a thousand years. So it just it's learning, it's developing, and it finds a way to become sentient. Obviously, we we saw that in the the short trek Calypso, um, and you know that it is going to go back and protect because it has experienced all the bad moments in Discovery's past and decides that it needs to course correct so that at this critical moment in yep. time it will. I don't know. I feel like I mean I haven't read this article. This is literally, but I feel like that makes um, a little bit more sense. And it also, all the other short treks have actually led to something. Yep. Right. Um, Calypso is the only one that has not made any sense. Mud. It's the only outlier. Mud hasn't either. Mud. The Harry Mud one. Well, but we've seen mud in 
in, oh, oh. in universe. I just right? mean I this mean, season. If if they were really trying to tie the short treks into the season, season which would ten be doesn't matter. It's, it's actually in the main storyline, I think, and I think Chris is on to something here. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I, I just I, I feel like just because I I think that it's all more I mean, I don't know, this is not this this theory is from Screen Rant and not from me, but but my feeling that it all comes back to Discovery's crew because it's not it's not all about Spock. It's not, it's all, not about all about Spock. It's not all about Michael. It's not all about whoever. It it appears to Saru now. It's more interested. So it feels like it's more about the crew of the Discovery. It's more about this familiar familia or whatever it is. Th- this group of people. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, no. That's, well, that's like just a random if, thought. If we're going to go down that road, do you think that what happened with the sphere might have kicked off the evolution of of the right. ship's AI um, with loading that into its data banks. Oh. I love it. I love it. And it's had a it's thousand starting years. to learn. Yeah. It, it, it built itself a body. Or, or sorry, it, it built itself a holographic body and maybe it gets itself a, a humanoid, you know, an android body. Oh, I love All it. Right. I'm down. This is, this is our next Trek theater, the, theory. I can't speak right now because I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> This is probably not going to be what it's all about, but this is the most interesting to me that I've heard yet. Because it being Spock is too simple. Honestly, it's too simple. It doesn't, in the theory. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't make any. It doesn't make any no. sense. Um, but I do like it because we get this look that you just sent. It does look more. I wonder. I wonder if we overlaid the the um, what is it? Funny face. Yeah. Um, um, what is it audrey hepburn yeah. uh, but then uh, her own body the body one that she made after it zora yeah but i wonder if we overlaid that on top of this mm. uh, red angel if it would be similar proportions mm. just because it i don't know i don't know i don't i really i have no i have no clue but i have that i like this theory and we've already gone on probably too long about it so but, the meatball um, is the angel <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, the I'm meatball okay is that. the beginnings okay is the beginnings of the angel. Exactly. <laughs> oh. That's right. Well, and then a thousand years being adrift. Yeah. Yeah. I will um I've kept that link and so I'll try to post but that and that the high resolution picture with our with our episode so people can see it. So um okay. I love that theory. I you know, yeah, I love it. I, I think it's All great. right. We are amazing. Well, anything- <laughs> <laughs> we solved it. <laughs> we, All right. We solved it, guys. It's us. Is there anything else we want to say about this episode? I, th- I feel like we've we've dive we've dove we've I don't know English. I'm Divin. just excited, guys. I can't speak. I've lost all uh, train of thoughts. Anything no, else we want to talk about before we go? No, I think that was that was my big stuff. I I I honestly th- th- discussing it with you guys right now made me like this episode a whole lot more. I was I was very lukewarm on the episode, other than knowing mm. kind of like last episode that there's a bunch of big moments in it, and I was like, oh, that's fine. But basically, after Saru, um, after Saru got back on the ship, um, you know, after meeting his his sister down on the planet, I was kind of like, oh, okay, that that should have been the whole episode. I'm kind of done with this now. Um, but I really like. I like where this went and, and whether that's the real theory or not, you know, it, it was, I like, I like this idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I the agree. implications, come on, these implications of, of we've always thought this right after, after they meet some crazy species and break the prime directive, which everyone does, uh, you know, we very rarely get like aftermath. 
So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Aftermath is what I want to see. I mean, I, I doubt we'll get much next episode, but I, I, with the serialized storytelling, we actually have a much likelier opportunity yeah. to see where, whether or not it's uh, Saru's home planet and what happens there. We'll see. We should see repercussions from this because we have storytelling that actually supports the inclusion of that, right. and so it'll be a huge missed opportunity if not. Yeah, I just feel like, again, like this episode feels a little bit more like they want you to focus on themes yeah. rather than the details. Agreed. Yeah. And um, that is unfortunate, and I agree that it feels so much deeper, yep. uh, Kate, when you talk about these these broader implications. Right. But I, I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever actually get there because I think, I think what they really want you to think is, you know, they're not going to be murdered anymore. Right. Uh, they've they've been you know released from their um, from their, their captors. Bondage, yeah. Yeah. Their bondage, and now they're going to find a way to live in peace. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't work that way. That, that's the way it works in Saturday morning cartoons. It doesn't work that way. And I hope that they reality. do that. They they've been pretty brave with a lot of that kind of stuff. I I hope yeah. that we see um, we see consequences. I I really cool. do. Yeah. Overall, for this episode, um, uh, I love through i've i've been very open mm-hmm. about that thus far and getting a very through centric where he got to be the focus of the episode where we got to dig deeper into his world it was the same writers yeah. of this episode as were the writers of brightest stars so that felt very right. tightly tied in um i on a whole was really happy with this episode even if there are, are nitpicks that i can i can shrug with depending on what they do with it or don't do with it in the future I honestly, I I really had a good time with this episode. Yeah. I kind of, I had my, um, I don't know, I was leaning forward um, mm-hmm. in, in my chair watching this episode because it, it had a momentum to it yeah. that was very, very enjoyable. Um, even though, like I said before, you know, there were plot holes and there's even a moment, there's even editing issues. I don't know if you guys noticed as you go back and watch the episode, but there's, there's a moment when he gets pinned to the wall and he's shaking and his his um, cr- clasp opens up. Oh, and did he it? Keeps it keeps acting like it's it it, it hasn't uh, nice. broken. There's just a lot of those kind of like technical yeah. issues. All of that I can forgive because yeah. I actually had a good time in this. Yeah, thing. yeah, I took about half the usual notes, and I was just holding up my my notepad to my face, just watching over it because it was yeah. just such an intense episode. And that's a sign of a good time, right? Yeah. Is that you're, you're you've put away your critical eye yeah. and you're you're just enjoying it as a fan. So that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Very randomly, uh, just because you you mentioned you really like the writing. Um, so Boyun Kim and Erica Lippolt um, wrote this one, the brightest star. Um, they are show running the Michelle Yao uh, Section Thirty One <gasps> spinoff. Ooh. They're the show. They so they're writing for it and and show running it. So that'll be fun. That will be. Yeah, and and I. I it, it seems like um, that would be a good fit for that kind of show. Yeah, like this this kind of storytelling intensity and yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. And yeah. overarching yeah. story. All, All right. right, any final Sweet. thoughts? Any more? Or we uh, we want to wrap up? Nope, I'm I'm pretty happy. So as as Take always, you guys can uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Next Trek and on Facebook. Uh, let us know how we did. If you agreed with us, if we're crazy, what do you think of our theory? Were we just uh, you know completely? Uh, sorry, not our theory. I don't want to. We don't want to take credit. But the theory that we that we seem to support now is that uh, um, that the Red Angel might be Discovery in the future. So let us know about that. And as always, live long and prosper. Thank you.